2: Hey, this is Travis Deaner, and you're listening to Setting the Pace on PacersTalk.net.
3: Pacer fans, welcome back to another episode of Setting the Pace, episode number 31. I am your host, Alex Golden, and joining me, as always, my co-host, Mike Focci. Focci, what's going on, man? I'm doing
1: great, and the fact that it is episode 31 makes me feel that much better because it's a special one, the Reggie Miller episode. We cannot overlook what just
3: happened yesterday, 24 years ago. Reggie Miller, 8 points, 9 seconds, in the garden,
1: one of the most iconic moments in NBA and Pacers history. Talk about a comeback, never rule anything out if Reggie Miller's on the court. And guys, you're going to enjoy this episode because it was a fun one. We were joined by Travis Diener, and uh, the man took some time during the midst of a championship run in Italy. Yeah, he really was fun. Talked to us about
3: playing with Dwayne Wade. He gave us a really funny Dwayne Wade story. Talked about Coach Crean, what kind of coach he was like to play for, and just his time as a Pacer. It was a really, really fun conversation With Travis Diener, Um, a lot of you younger Pacer fans might not remember him, but he played from 2000, was it 2007, Fauci?
1: Yep, 2007 to about 2009, and you know I squeezed a Jermaine O'Neal story out of him. I had to. (laughs) Yep, you can't let a Jermaine O'Neal story go without the president of the
3: Jermaine O'Neal Fan Club uh, being on the podcast, so always going to be a Jermaine O'Neal story, but anyway, we're going to get out of the way here. Hope you guys sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode here with Travis Diener Pacer fans we are joined today on the Agape Pizza phone line by the one and only Travis Diener
2: Travis welcome to the show man Happy to be on happy to be on with you guys
1: Hey Travis my man honor to have you on the show fresh off wrapping up a championship run in Italy do I have that right
2: You have that right yeah we're still uh still over here still playing uh, we start the playoffs here uh next weekend uh, we are the the two seed right now so uh we'll see what happens
1: that, that's the luck to you on that I definitely appreciate with uh with with that going on you know you, you're taking the time today which uh which title was it that you guys captured recently
2: we won the Italian cup uh championship which is kind of a uh midseason championship where the top eight teams the first half of the season compete for this championship um and we we ended up winning that so it's it's a it's a big deal over here it's kind of hard to understand uh for people in america because it's there's nothing like it that happens it'd be like eliminating the all-star game and having a uh a championship in the middle of the season so to speak
1: that's real cool so from my research you know i read that you actually had retired from basketball we're working at your alma mater Marquette and then got the itch to play ball again can you describe what that feeling was like knowing you just weren't done yet
2: yeah you know when I when I first retired I was 32 and uh, it'd been a long road for me and um, you know I just thought I was just really to be honest with you I was just tired uh, physically and mentally and uh, initially I just wanted to take a break uh, for you know five six months and then come back to Italy and play and you know, I, I got this offer from from Marquette and uh, joined Wojo and his staff from from day one. And you know, three years went by and I had a great experience there. But you know, there's just something that was still missing, and you know, decided to come back and play at at thirty at thirty five. And uh, been two years here playing now in, in Italy and having having a great time. I, I think I appreciate uh, I appreciate the game more now that you know from, from coming back. Well, hey, we saw a
3: veteran point guard of Pablo Prigioni come over to the NBA later in his career. Do you think there's any chance that you might want to come back to the NBA, even though you're a little bit older?
2: Uh, Would I want to? Yeah, of course. I just I don't know if uh, the uh, (laughs) the talent is there at this point to play in that league right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We know you still got game. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, I mean the, the game nowadays. Uh, even in the last, you know, five to ten years, has changed so much. To a, uh, you know, I think Steph Curry's done a, you know, he's changed the way the game is played with with the three point shooting. Uh, you know, a lot of guys are are graded on their skill level. So uh, I think today's game fits me fits me well. It's just uh, I'm just uh, getting a little too old.
3: Yeah, so that's what we we're going to ask you too because we know you played in a little bit more of a slower pace back when, you know, there was actually post-up and big man couldn't shoot threes. But now today, I mean, if you're a big that can post-up, it's like, a you know, you're an odd player in the NBA. So do you do you feel like your game today would have been, you know, or the way the NBA is played today, do you think your game would have been better for that or better suited for that?
2: Absolutely. I mean, it's not as physical nowadays. Obviously, I wasn't a very physical player. Uh, and, and the game is faster. There's, there's obviously more three-point shooting. Uh, It's it's a lot of freedom of movement, uh, a lot of three point shooting, uh, and and the pace is is uh, up tempo for the most part. So yeah, that's exactly how I love to play, and I think that's how a lot of players really love to play is is fast paced and and shooting a lot of shots.
1: Mm -hmm. Something that I thought about, you know, I always remember during your time, you know, in the NBA and most specifically with the Pacers. Well, part of your game that I love was the lack of turnovers. You had great ball control. I think you were averaging basically four assists per turnover uh, in your best year with the Pacers. And on a per-36 basis, that was about six assists per turnover, which is absurd. Would you say protecting the ball has always been your strongest suit? Or was it your three-point shooting, which you were lights out with at Marquette?
2: No, I, I think, you know, at a very young age, I was, you know, I, I played for my uncle in high school and it was a priority not to turn the ball over. So uh, that's always been ingrained in my head that, you know, you know, just get a shot at the rim and, and you know, take care of the basketball. So, you know, I was, uh, you know, it's always been a, I've taken a lot of pride in not turning the ball over and I, I continue that to this day. And I think, uh, you know, it's probably, like you said, maybe one of my strongest attributes.
1: I think so. I think so.
3: Yeah, I want to backtrack a little bit to your days at Marquette, made it to the Final Four with Steve Novak, and the now, I guess he's not officially retired, but he's going to be Dwayne Wade. What What kind of a uh, experience was that like, playing with a guy like Dwayne Wade? And just give us your best Dwayne Wade story, because obviously he has had such a great career in the NBA, and playing with him in college, you know, quite a different player.
2: Yeah, you know, he was... Uh... He was real quiet. Uh, had an incredible work ethic in college, and you know a guy that obviously dominated at the college level as well. But uh, you know a, f- a funny story about Dwayne is we were uh, we were roommates on the road, and he was a horrific sleeper. You know would just constantly snore, and, and it'd be so loud. And I'm a and I'm a really light sleeper, so any sort of noise, you know. Most nights I would end up throwing pillows at him, jumping on his bed, trying to get him to stop, <laughs> stop snoring. Uh,
3: That's awesome. But nothing
2: would, you know, nothing would ever work, and there were times I'd actually go in the bathroom and sleep in the bathtub on the road. And, oh, my God. Uh, so I, I go back to the games I played bad on the road, and I just blamed Dwayne for, for not getting a good night, good night of sleep.
1: That is <laughs> hey, It awesome. sounds fair. So, Travis, when you joined the Pacers uh, in 2007, you know, it really wasn't the best stretch of years for the team under coach Jim O'Brien. Can you tell us a bit about what his coaching style was like and maybe why he came off as not so much of a fan or player favorite? Yeah, I mean, I think at that time, you know, the
2: for Indy, for the Pacer organization, it was, it was, it was difficult because, you know, that was, you know, right after the brawl and, uh, you know, I was trying to you know, get people in the stands and, and try to, you know, have a good reputation around the city. And you know, with with Coach O'Brien, you know, he wanted to, he wanted to play a, a brand of basketball that you know is kind of uh, is kind of ingrained in, in today's game. Is he wanted to play fast? He wanted a lot of spacing, a lot of movement, uh, quick sh- quick shots. Um, you know, so it just didn't. You know, we just you know a rash of a lot of things that just didn't lead to ultimate success for us, you know, not, not reaching the playoffs in those three years. But, um, you know, the future was, was started at that point. And then, you know, after I left, you know, Indiana had, you know, some, some really good seasons and that's actually continued, you know, to, 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 you know, to right now.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I want to bring up O'Brien too, because we've had uh, David Harrison on our podcast and he is actively, tweeting about he doesn't he's not a big jim o'brien fan so uh was there any stories there between david harrison and jim o'brien you'd like to share
2: <laughs> yeah i mean I, I mean when you said david harrison i could have guessed that he was not a fan of of coach o'brien um you know it's just i think you know the, the main job of a coach and i think even today in, in the nba now more so than ever is you know, you have to have good communication with with your players, and, and players want to know where they stand at all times. And they want communication. They want a relationship. Um, and I don't know. Maybe at times, you know, you know, David didn't feel like he knew where he stood, and um, but it goes both ways. You know, it's 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 on everybody to to have good communication and you know be respectful of of the head coach, and obviously the head coach be respectful of the players as well. Mm-hmm.
1: It makes complete sense. It definitely does go both ways. And one of those teammates that you had that really stepped into his own and became an all-star during that time was Danny Granger. Uh, I love Danny Granger, but can you tell us what Danny was like around the team and how he was leadership-wise?
2: Well, he was more of a, uh, you know, more of uh, you know, not not a vocal leader. More of a, you know, I'm going to I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do what's necessary on the court and, you know, follow my action sort of sort of guy. And I think as he got older, you know, because he was still relatively young at that point when I played with him, I think as he got older, I'm sure he became more vocal. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, he had some outstanding years when I was there, um, you know, over 20 points a game. And, you know, I think, you know, what, what hurt his career, obviously, were, were his knees and, and he yeah. just couldn't stay healthy. And that's unfortunate. But, you know, Danny was great when I played with him and just at that point he wasn't really much of a leader yet because he still, he still was young.
3: Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't want to keep jumping back, but I do need to ask you another question about Marquette and your former coach, Tom Crean. Uh, a lot of our Pacer fans here, well, not a lot of them, but there's a good majority of them that are Indiana Hoosier fans as well. And Tom Crean was coach here for a while and it was a, uh, you know, mediocre how fans felt about him, but with his time in Marquette, what kind of coach was Tom Crean like and um, what would you say positive about Coach Crean?
2: You know, he, he gives you a belief that you can, you can really accomplish things that maybe you don't think you, you can accomplish. And, and for me, that was huge because, you know, I'm a you know six foot uh, white kid from Fond du Lac, Wisconsin who never, you know, dreamt <laughs> the- of, of playing in the NBA and, I really didn't dream about playing the NBA when I was in college either. I didn't think it was, uh, I didn't know how good I was. And and he had a belief in me and and instilled a, I thought I had a a really good work ethic to get there, to get, when I went to Marquette. And then, you know, when I got there, he instilled a a work ethic that, you know, still uh, is in me today. And, you know, I can't thank him enough. I have nothing but, you know, great things to say about him. You know, I know he's, um, you know, in Indiana, you know, it's kind of, hit or miss and and what people think of him. But, you know, I thought he did. He did. Obviously, he did a great job at Marquette, you know, helped us, you know, take us to the final four. And then, you know, obviously with Indiana, when he took over that program, that program was in was in a lot of trouble. Um, And I know they didn't win as much as, you know, the expectations are for for Hoosier fans. But I thought he did a great job of turning that program around and, and and getting them back on its feet.
3: Yeah, and I think one more thing, too, like that a lot of Pacer fans don't like about Coach Crean is just his relationship with Dwayne Wade, and during that uh, Eastern Conference Finals run, it might have even been uh, 2012, or 30, I can't remember, 2012, I think, when the Pacers went to round two against the Heat, Dwayne Wade played terrible in game three, and he went and talked with Coach Crean, and then it seemed like Dwayne kind of got his mind cleared and was feeling a little bit better since he had that nice relationship with Coach Crean, so what kind of relationship did those two guys have? Was it any different than what you guys had?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think obviously Dwayne and, and Coach Green have a, a tremendous relationship. And I think the guys that – and I do as well. I think the guys that – you know, Coach was really hard to play for. You know, it wasn't always – it was it was hard. And a lot of guys transferred. A lot of guys couldn't handle it. But if you stayed for four years – in Dwayne's case, he was there for three years – You develop this relationship where at the time you might not like him but you know when you're done you have a tremendous amount of respect for him and you know he's a guy that you know throughout the course of you know weeks go by or months go by if I have a problem or or I need some advice you know he's the first one of the first people I call and I think that's the same way with Dwayne and you know Dwayne you know when he was younger you know kind of grew up without a father figure and I think you know, Coach Crean kind of filled that role for, for the time he was in, in school. And, you know, I know Dwayne's father's back in his life now, but for for a while there, Coach was not only a, a head coach for Dwayne, but, you know, a father figure as well.
1: Wow, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, that is really cool to hear. Uh, you know, while you mentioned that Danny Granger was a younger player at that time, one guy that you did get to play with in his final year with the Pacers was Jermaine O'Neill. Uh, that happens to be personally my favorite player. Is there any stories you have playing with Jermaine in his final year with the Pacers? You know,
2: he was very, you know, as a as a young player, you, you come to certain teams and you're in awe of certain players, or you hear about, you know, you know how you know how great certain players are. And Jermaine was one of those guys. So when I got there, you know, I was like, well, how's he gonna, you know, interact with me? How's he gonna welcome me to the, you know, organization? He was nothing but class and uh, very welcoming and you know made my transition from Orlando to Indiana very easy you know because Jermaine was our best player Um, obviously injuries struck him too as well but uh, you know he was he was wonderful and I think he represented the the pace organization the right way and you know obviously um, you know I'm sure he wishes that you know his time in Indiana they could have you know you know one a little more but you know that's the way it goes sometimes it's
1: true
3: yeah and if you haven't listened to our podcast yet uh, my man Focci here is the president of the Jermaine O'Neal fan club he got to meet him at one of the big three tournaments was absolutely (laughs) going crazy and Jermaine (laughs) actually came over and took a picture with him so that was pretty awesome for Focci I like to share that story because uh Focci go ahead and just tell Travis that story because I think our fans want to hear this
1: one more. Time. Sure. Well, <laughs> well, Travis, I-, I saw him at the big three game, told myself if he was ever going to be playing again live, I was going to be there. So, you know, <laughs> I'm decked out. I got my Jermaine O'Neal jersey on. I got my sign. They even tried to confiscate the sign because it wasn't allowed. Still got through with it. Anyway, I'm going so wild while he's shooting free throws that he actually bricks all three free throws. But <laughs> every- everyone else appreciated it. And, you know, all my friends helped me out. Everyone was tweeting at the big three, making a lot of noise, you know, for me to get his attention. And at the end of the game, you know, he brought me down to the court. I got to meet him, just a stand-up guy that matches the story that you were telling with him. So I got nothing but love for Jermaine.
2: Well, that's great that that your favorite player treated you that way because, uh, you know, it can go the other way as well. And that would have been heartbreaking. <laughs> exactly.
3: Yeah, he wouldn't be the president of that fan club anymore. But anyway, Travis, <laughs> the big three is, that's something you'd be interested in. I know that's a little bit different than what you're doing now with Italy and uh, and what you know an NBA return might be like. But the big three is still kind of something that's evolving. And it's kind of a cool little thing that goes on during the summer. Would you ever be interested in joining the big three?
2: Yeah. I mean, the, 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 it's amazing how much that's growing and, and the teams are getting, there's more teams now. There's more players in each team. Um, I see some of the rosters and uh, some guys I've played with overseas, some guys i played with in the NBA. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's something that's fun. I don't know how well my, my game translates to three on three. I think that's a lot of, you know, a lot of bully ball and stuff like that. But uh, you know, I think I, I would definitely be interested, but, uh, you know, it's 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 kind of amazing and and how well that's that keeps on growing and uh, seems like it's it's doing really well and it's something that you know I've paid attention to uh, a little bit here and there and and I think I will continue to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. It would be awesome to see you in the states again, playing some ball. Uh, you did play in the basketball tournament last year. Uh, do I have that correct? Yep, I did. Any plans to to see you potentially again in uh in the U.S. playing ball? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been
2: planning on right now and playing in that, in that tournament again this summer uh, as long as I'm, I'm healthy and, um, you know, can, you know, it's always fun to get back to Marquette and, and, and uh, you know, lace it up with guys that also went to Marquette. And, you know, we went to the Final Four last year, so it was, it was a lot of fun and it keeps me young. You know, playing basketball, you, you, I keep talking about my age, but, you know, I really do feel like I'm still young, you know, by playing with these guys and, and basketball can do that to you.
3: Yeah, that's awesome, man, for sure. And I think that if we had the chance to come see you, we might have to just do that. But uh, I'm sure you're watching the NBA right now. You got James Harden going against Kevin Durant right now, Golden State versus Houston, probably one of the most fun series. Um, what are your thoughts on the playoffs so far, and who do you think the favorite is? Is there any team that can take down the Golden State Warriors?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think Houston's. Houston's definitely good enough. Uh, can they get it done is, is the question. I would think that's probably the only team I, I can see that can beat Golden State. I just don't think Portland or Denver can beat them. And then, you know, in the East, um, it looks like, you know, obviously Milwaukee's playing really well, but I just don't know if they have enough firepower to beat Golden State. Um, in Toronto, I don't I don't know either. Uh, so, yeah, I think, it, I think the finals is, is kind of – Golden State versus Houston and we'll see what happens. I know it's a it's a huge game tonight. Um, but you know, I guess, you know, anything can happen. Houston had them had them on the ropes last year and it looks like they're uh they have them in that same spot this year again.
3: Yeah, for sure. It's a uh, it's it's pretty awesome and I love watching the playoffs and I love everything that the NBA is doing right now. I think they're growing and you know, you're over in Italy internationally how well is the NBA liked?
2: Yeah, it's uh like you said, it's growing at a at a level that's really incredible and especially with the influx of foreign players, you know, now that you see, you know, what Giannis is doing with the Bucks makes you know, a lot of Europeans really pay attention to to what's going on because, you know, he is kind of he's turning into the you know, one of the faces of the NBA and uh so you know, the game of the game of basketball and, and the NBA in particular is really, really growing and it's uh it's great to see, you know, it's great to see Uh, just how much basketball can, can mean to people. And, um, you know, as we're talking, we've spent 20 minutes talking about basketball. So it's, it's great for, for everybody.
3: Mm -hmm, For sure. So Travis, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Can you go ahead and let people know where they can find you out on social media?
2: Dean or Travis uh, on Twitter and on Instagram. Simple
3: enough. I like it. So thanks again, Travis. We really appreciate it. Hey, hey, Travis, no best of
2: luck in the playoffs. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me.
3: All righty, guys. That does it for another episode of Setting the Pace. You can find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. Make sure you check out our website, pacerstalk.net. And if you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and a review so we can know what you guys think and leave a comment as well. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you all later. Peace out, Pacer Nation. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran.